Hey everybody, Donnie Bovine here. Thank you so much for listening to the episodes. Do me a favor, if you get any value out of these, would you leave me a review? It would mean the world to me. I'm on a massive mission to help as many people as I possibly can get to freedom through building a business. I gotta be honest, building a business is by far the toughest thing I've ever done in my life, and I promise you, my business has worked on me more than I've ever worked on it. I don't think there's a better tool in the world to meet the dude in the mirror than building your own company. You're going to find out what the hell you're made of. In these episodes, I bring on the people that have been through it, gone through it, done it, built monstrous companies, and I get them to coach me on how to actually level up, grow, and scale my business. They're hitting me with some hard questions. They're bringing some amazing advice. And, and I'm telling you, I take notes from every one of these episodes from these people that have actually lived it. They've gone through it and have turned their businesses into amazing empires. So I hope you find a ton of value in this. And I hope that this becomes something you come back to and listen to often. But why should you get on stage? I think for entrepreneurs, right? It's the best way to market your business because you're up there, you're given authority automatically by being on the stage, by being a speaker. They already think you know what you're talking about. And then you get to talk to 40 people or 400 people about what you do, not just one at a time, right? I mean, Donnie, you and I met networking where it was one-on-one, -on -one, right? I met you or maybe two other people. And then we had to have follow-up coffees and do all of this to explain our businesses to each other. As a speaker, I get to do that, but the results are exponential because I'm in front of so many more people. So as a business owner, speaking is one of the number one ways you can market your business. And if you want speaking to be your business, it can pay you multiple six figures. So I think anybody who's not getting on stages is losing out. So I've been on stages since somewhere around 2002, 2001 maybe. Uh, the, one of the first stages that I got on was when I was working uh, up in for a company called Medicine Shop, which was at the time underneath Cardinal Health. And I had to present to actually a group of UN officials uh, that had come through and all of our pharmacies that we sold franchises for were in impoverished area. And there's a book had just come out called Nickel and Dimed. And uh, our vice president, who was one of the gals who created the, or was on the team that created the Coca-Cola Bears, uh, gave us all this book, uh, Nickel and Dime. And I remember she asked me to go to the store to buy it for everybody. Um, and we all had to go read this book. And because it was just an insight into the people who shopped at our pharmacies and such. So I had to give a speech um, in front of this group of UN people that was all geared towards how we are marketing and supporting the people that are in these impoverished areas or more uh, out in the country type areas. Because one of the indicators we found was, you know, uh, our stores, our pharmacies were located right next to Dollar General's. 
And so that was just an indicator of the level of people that lived in that area and the economic impact. So, uh, and I, you know, that was really the first time I was put up in front of people to do a lot of speaking and stuff. And so that was, that was nerve wracking, but I wasn't really giving a speech. I was just giving out information. And I think for the rest of my career, I've always found myself on some stage format, uh, you know, along the way. And every time I've been on stage, uh, it's, been a beneficial thing either i fucked up and learned something or i crushed it and got awesome feedback and clients from doing it in general so how'd you get on stages so i started doing stages when i was working for that other organization voldemort uh, yeah voldemort uh I, can we actually call them that i don't public? know it's probably copyright copyright thing um <laughs> So I'm just calling them the other, the other people. Uh, but I, so I started doing trainings and uh, for members and, uh, and then, you know, I would say I was in front of new members when I was out launching chapters for them and going through a, a canned presentation that we're doing. So, you know, that was probably my intro to actually speaking for businesses. And then once I got uh, good at launching groups and I started doing trainings for, for the other territories and other regions on how to copy what I did, but really getting on stage, you know, my first experience at a big stage was at one of their conferences, uh, one of their national conferences. We did a team presentation and I was in front of, we had easily 250 people in our room for our session on, uh, on launching groups. Uh, and it was, it was nerve wracking for me. It was not <laughs> fun. It was nowhere near as fun as I was expecting it to be. Cause that was always had been a goal. It's like, I wanted to be a presenter at, uh, at conference. Uh, I don't, for an introvert, that's a really odd goal for me to have had, but that was one of my goals. I wanted to be on stage at conference and presenting and doing, you know, that, that big thing. Uh, and then I got there and did it with, uh, a couple other people from our region. And I'm like, Oh, this wasn't nearly as much fun as I thought it would be. <laughs> and, and I think a part of it was cause I was, I was kind of a little, really overwhelmed with the number of people that were there. And I don't think I was prepared as I needed to be. Uh, and it just wasn't a great experience. So then that was kind of my introduction. It's like, all right, I got to do stuff different. I need to figure this out if I'm going to actually, uh, use this as a tool or as, you know, as part of my business. So, well, the biggest crowd that I've spoken from was a little over a thousand, but the biggest crowd I've been in front of was almost 5,000. Problem is I was just in a halftime show of a freaking uh, WNBA game, you know, playing a, a tic-tac-toe, shooting a ball. So, but I tell you, being in front of those 5,000s was really the first time I'm like, shit, this is the size audiences I need to be in front of. I just wish I wasn't in shorts, tennis shoes, and, you know, <laughs> throwing a damn ball through yeah. a hoop. You could at least switch to the tanning booth before right, so you right. weren't, weren't like blinding the cameras. Yeah. Oh, but I think Kevin will agree. Uh, being on stages has been one of the biggest business building assets that we've had uh, in our companies and our sales careers and the likes. It's just, and when you get the opportunity to be in front of rooms, you get seen in a different light, which is, which is always a really cool thing and has been really beneficial to my personal growth and the company growth. Well, and, and the funny thing is you can really suck at, on stage, but if you're able to tell people, yeah, I was on stage here and I was on stage here, 
people will just automatically think you are an expert. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you actually know what you're talking about. Even if you don't aren't really good, you don't have the best stage presence. The whole fact that you were on stage and someone had put you on their on their platform does uh, huge benefits for your authority in your space. Agreed. So, you know, you have it's something you have to do. If you want to be seen as the expert in what you do, you need to be talking about what you do in front of other people, not just doing the doing. You know, which sure. is where I like to be. I like to just do the stuff. Uh, so getting on stage is a big thing for me. You know, I, I made me think of uh, probably one of the best performances I ever saw on stage was in Fort Worth, Texas. There is a entrepreneur competition and it's the business plan competition where they bring three small business entrepreneurs and they write a business plan for a current company or a current company that they're working on building. And it's usually like 20, 25 people that start off and then they narrow it down to three finalists to give a pitch on stage. And we actually had sponsored the event and uh, I was the MC for the whole thing. So it was a lot of fun to MC that event and all three companies were good. Uh, the first company went up and they freaking knocked it out of the park. Great pitch, great presentation. Second group went up and they didn't really hit the, the pitch really well. I mean, it was okay. The third guy went up, older gentleman, really well put together. They had a phenomenal company that was already profitable. And I think they were only doing this competition to get some awareness. In the middle of his pitch... The microphone on his lapel started squawking and going out. And I had never seen anybody have this much poise in a moment. But as a dude is telling his story and the, the microphone's going out, he reaches back really slow, continues to pitch, doesn't skip a beat, turns off his mic, unclip it, remove it, and put it on a podium and just projects louder to the room. And you would have never known anything had ever happened to that microphone. And it was, it was, it was tremendously noticeable that the mic was fucking up. Right. And this dude was such class and pose just kept going right along with it. They won the competition. It had nothing to do with how awesome his pitch was. It had everything to do how composed he was in that moment when most people would have lost their shit when the technology had failed as bad as it did. Uh, so that was really, really cool to see. Well, and that's such a huge part of being on stage is that composure. And everyone, people will lose their shit if things don't go exactly right with their presentation, whether they forget something. Uh, they say something wrong. It will. It can. It, it has such a mental impact on their ability to continue in the presentation. No one else knows that you just screwed up. No one yeah. in the room right. knows that there was that something's not going right unless you draw attention to it. And you know that was a big thing for me learning as I got into speaking more that if I did something out of order, it was okay. And just to keep going and then fix it and, you know, mentally do the gymnastics of I need to get back here and I'll do that and do, be able to do that while I'm presenting without drawing attention to it. You know, it used to be, I'd, I'd make a joke about it. I draw attention and I'd go back and then, you know, I'd make it part of my, my thing, but you know, no one else would know it was wrong. 
hell, you skipped two letters out of your five-letter uh, acronym, <laughs> uh, acronym uh, and and no one even commented. Or they, you could have ended, and they'd be like, oh, that was really cool. And, you know, five days later, it's like, what happened to the other two? <laughs> right? He skipped two letters. So, yeah. you know, they don't know. So, you know, that the ability to do that is is really cool when you can see people figured it out. Yeah, that's why I'm excited to bring Stevie Don on this week, man. Dr. Stevie Don Carter, she's she's been a beast, man, and watching her journey. Um, and, man, I, I honestly, I don't know anybody better in the game to teach getting on stages based on the volume of stages she gets on and the amount of money she gets paid to be on stages is pretty freaking impressive. It, it, well, and she has one skill that you are just, like, jealous of. I am. I am. So uh, y'all are going to enjoy this episode, uh, and you'll get to hear that that one talent that she has that I just can't pull off. But uh, it's a hell of an episode, fun conversation. I think you guys are really going to dive into this one. Are you a business owner or a leader looking to take your business to the next level? Then listen up, because the Champion Summit is the event for you. At the Champion Summit, you'll learn about the latest techniques for growing and scaling your business from some of the most badass speakers in the business development arena. They'll motivate, engage, enlighten, and spur you on to greater productivity. But that's not all. You'll have a chance to network with other ambitious entrepreneurs from across the region and the USA, building your circle of influence and learning from others who have been where you are. And the best part, there's no pitching, no selling from stage, only 100% value and tools to help you go big. The Champion Summit will help you focus all of your passion, ideas, and goals into action that leaps your business forward. So what are you waiting for? If you're looking for new ways to grow and scale your business, the Champion Summit was created to provide you with actionable and implementable tactics that allow you to build the business of your dreams. Register now and unleash your true potential. The Champion Summit, creating freedom from the hustle and grind. Find more details at successchampionnetworking.com backslash champions hyphen summit. You know when you love most is when you get to scare the shit out of somebody. Literally as I freaking jumped on here, Kevin and I were just talking. We brought Stevie into the freaking recording studio. She had her back to us on the camera. I just said hello and scared the pure living shit out of her. It was awesome and amazing. Dude, I got to tell you, if you're looking to get on stages, if you want to completely transform your business by getting to the stage, there's no other greater expert in the world than Dr. Stevie Dunn. Carter, so weird calling you fucking Carter, doctor, I mean, and Carter at this point. Shit, I knew you with Blakely back in the day. I know, yeah. I know. It's been a minute. Oh, but dude, she's an absolute genius. She rocks it out every year at the Badass Business Summit for us, and she's one of the most sought-after speakers in the world. If you've never seen her on stage, you are absolutely missing out. So, Stevie, we're going to talk all today about getting on stages, so I'm going to throw a freaking softball up in the air. Why the hell should anybody get on stage? Well, I mean, other than it's the most fun you can have in a legal way on stage. I mean, I think that's a that's one of them. Um, but why should you get on stage? I think for entrepreneurs, right, it's the best way to market your business because you're up there. You're given authority automatically by being on the stage, by being a speaker. They already think you know what you're talking about. And then you get to talk to 40 people or 400 people 
about what you do, not just one at a time, right? I mean, Donnie, you and I met networking where it was one-on-one, right? I met you or maybe two other people. And then we had to have follow-up coffees and do all of this to explain our businesses to each other. As a speaker, I get to do that, but the results are exponential because I'm in front of so many more people. So as a business owner, speaking is one of the number one ways you can market your business. And if you want speaking to be your business, it can pay you multiple six figures. So I think anybody who's not getting on stages is losing out. Yeah, I agree with that. And I would also put in there as well that uh, it's just a tool that makes life easier and Look, we've all seen idiots on stage, like people that have been on stage that had no business being up there. But for some reason, as soon as they get up on a mic, people are like, oh, my God, this is the greatest information ever. And you're like, if you only knew. I mean, I think that when you get on stage, Donnie, I'm like, why are people thinking that about him? Don't they know? But see, it makes you look amazing. All right, Stevie, gloves came off. Now it's time to play. I was kind of wondering which one, if it was going to be you or me, that threw that out there. (laughs) See, I knew I had support in Kevin by saying it, so I felt okay. If it had just been you and me, it might have not come out. (laughs) I had some backup with me, so it was okay. <laughs> so you have this 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 performance stage dance background, right? So entertaining, being in front of rooms is like the easiest thing in the world for you. It comes naturally. I also personally know that you have this very introverted side to you as well that would like to be with a cup of cocoa curled up under a blanket or a glass of wine. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Glass of wine, right? preferably any time of day. For sure. Watching Shark, watching Shark Week. Watching Shark Week. <laughs> so, so you got all these, you know, introverts out there in the world. They're like, no fucking way, I'm hell. Am I getting on stages? Yeah. And then you got guys like Kevin that goes from this introverted, quiet dude in a crowd to like this switched on jazz hands, sparkly bubbles. I have whatever. never done jazz hands on stage. That has not been a thing. I'm not squash, Kevin, I am squashing you have that not immediately. Yet done jazz hands. Badass Business Summit 2023. Kevin will do jazz hands. <laughs> so how does somebody go from I can't be on stages to actually yeah. getting on stages? Yeah. Well, I think one of the... One of the number one things we have to realize is if if the crowd is what scares you, right? It's all about determining what scares you about doing it. Number one, if it's the crowd size that scares you, pick one person in the audience and deliver your speech to them. It will make you feel so much better when you're only looking at like one person or one table, right? And that's what I tell my clients all the time when they're like, I'm scared. I don't know that I can do this. I'm like, look at me. Look at me in the audience. I'll smile. I'll nod my head. I'll do all the things you need me to do to make you feel better. And Wait, if I look at you during my speech, I'm going to lose my shit because I'm going to end up <laughs> laughing the entire time. Well, it's a little bit different for you, Donnie. I mean, let's be fair. Uh, But for somebody I'm trying to support, I might do it better. Uh, But in every audience, there is somebody willing to support that speaker in every single audience. So if you're up there and you're scared, find that person in the audience who's smiling at you, who's looking at you, not in a creepy way, but in like a nice supportive way and deliver your speech to them. If it's the crowd that scares you, deliver your speech to one person. If it's just the extrovertedness of having to perform, I think there are two things you can do. Number one, make it a performance and put on a mask. Be a different person. Convince yourself. This is what Kevin does. Huh? This is what Kevin does. 
Yes. Right. It's his alter ego. And on stage, he's a different person. And when you build that into your performance, when you say, well, it's not me up there that they're looking at. It's, you know, Dr. Fierce or Sven. whatever. It's Sven. <laughs> Sven. It's Sven that they're looking at. Then you allow yourself to not feel as judged. Right. And it can give you the space. The other thing I would say for those introverts who are just like, it's too much energy, I would say, yes, but I can get up in front of a crowd and speak for one hour and make more money than I could getting on four Zoom calls. So do you want to put out one hour of energy or do you want to have to put out four hours of energy? Right. Like to a certain extent, if that's your introvertedness, go and speak on a stage, do it for an hour. Then you can go curl up with your cocoa and not work the rest of the day. I typically don't. If I have a speaking engagement, it's the only thing on my calendar that day. I go, I do it. I expel all the energy out of my system. And then I just get to relax because I made more money in that hour than I would have spent all day on my computer on Zoom calls. So use that as your motivation. If you haven't seen Stevie speak on stage, she does expel a lot of energy on stage. <laughs> I crash afterwards. My husband's always like, you need a nap, don't you? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. Well, after the last year of the Badass Business Summit, I actually told Matt, I'm like, don't let her come back. No, just take her home because I was yeah. so exhausted. But that's, to me, it's worth it because from a business perspective, the money differential is better, right? I can work less hours and make more money. Yes, I have to put out a lot of energy, but it's short bursts, which is yeah. good. So the the crowd thing, I want to touch on that a little bit because that was a big thing for me when I started speaking. And back in high school, I couldn't even speak, do like public speaking in front of my class. That yeah. was it was that bad. Uh, and one of the things for me, I didn't start with once I started doing public speaking in the business world, I didn't start in front of crowds of a thousand people. Right. I started with you know crowds of five to ten. And then, you know, 30 to 40, and I just got bigger and bigger until I got to the point where I could be in front of a big room with a thousand people and not lose my shit on stage and actually be able to complete the the presentation. But, you know, one of the things I did was what you did, what you talked about was the looking at one person and identifying and making eye contact with people. Uh, And that actually uh, solved my issue but not the way you would, you're telling people it solves their issue. So I looked at one person and she couldn't keep eye contact with me. <laughs> she was more embarrassed. She about thought me. he was a creeper. <laughs> well, and I rotated through. He's uh, like, is he hitting on me from stage? <laughs> uh, Ooh, so, that's a tactic I never tried. <laughs> so but I would, I, I, I moved around the room and I'd look at one person, they'd be fine and they they nod and the other people would be good. And I look at her and, and, and she couldn't keep eye contact. And then, uh, which made me chuckle uh, internally and maybe a little bit on stage the first time it happened. But for, for me, it would realize like, all right, so the, the people in the audience are as uncomfortable about you failing as you are. Yeah. And they and that they're having that they don't want to see that either. It's like that when you watch a sitcom or a TV show and you have that person that does something that's embarrassing and now you feel embarrassed for them. Yep. yep. You're going to have people in your audience who have that empathy for you and want yeah. to see you do well. And no one comes to you watch you speak thinking that, oh, God, I want to see Kevin fail. I want to see. Kevin Wait, I might. Wor- yeah, I Donnie mean- does. <laughs> Donnie totally does. <laughs> normal again we're gonna go re- reference normal, normal people. humans normal, yeah, people. Yeah. normal people don't want to see you fail no. so you know they so want good. you to win so and that and was and that was a big thing important. for me 
to be able to say, all right, I can get up on stage because these people actually want me to do well. Yeah. And that's, you know, you bring up such a good point, right? Because there is empathy in that a lot of people hate speaking. So there is some like, we're here with you for people in the audience that see a speaker, especially if you do appear any bit nervous, you will find people in that audience feel for you mm. and are like, it's okay. Like it, we, yep. we don't want you to fail. And, and I do think that that is a, a great point. And, you know, talking about moving up in sizes of audience as well, you know, my first year as a speaker, well, yes, speaking doesn't, um, doesn't scare me. I'm good in front of a crowd. I don't have that problem. But it was the first time I was speaking on these particular topics, right? Like I, I had done other things in my life. This was the first time you're putting a microphone in my hand and I'm not singing and I'm not emceeing. I'm trying to deliver information. And the first year of my business, I spoke 150 times. 150 times. Here's what happens when you speak that much. You get really, really comfortable. And it didn't... <laughs> start out that way. And I did exactly like you're saying, Kevin, I did speak. If I spoke, if a group asked me to come and speak for 10 minutes and there were only four people there, I did it. I spoke everywhere. I spoke to everyone. I just got over it. And and that's part of it too, is just becoming comfortable on stage. And you can't become comfortable on stage sitting at your home practicing by yourself. You become comfortable by actually getting out there and doing it. And so don't, I would say if you're if you're uncomfortable, don't strive for the thousand person audience first. Go for a 10 person audience that gives you five minutes of time. If you can get through that, you can build on that and keep moving forward. But that was also something I did that really helped me with the comfort level, because the more you do it, easier it gets. I think another thing that people can do to help get comfortable with the the topic and putting their thoughts out there is podcast appearances. Oh, this yeah. literally just popped into my head uh, mm-hmm. that this is one of the big things that really helped me organize my thoughts on stuff mm-hmm. was actually having to go on with someone who was going to ask me questions that normally I didn't know what they were. And then I had to give answers, yeah. uh, the- yeah, ideally ones that were like sounded, you know, intelligent. So yeah, uh, mm-hmm. sometimes, uh, sometimes not, <laughs> but you know, but, but you, learn. Great way. You, you, you learn and it, it gets you used to the talking yeah. piece and yeah. stringing thoughts together in a concise manner, but long enough that you're giving enough content and it, it gets, gets, gets you pro- used to that talking piece. Yeah. And, and no, again, it's, it's not you just in front of your screen talking to yourself. It's now someone else is engaging and has to react to what you say. And then yeah. you can learn from that reaction. Yeah. I tell Absolutely. everybody that, that podcast, one of the greatest benefits of being a guest is you learn to tell your damn story because you get asked questions and you wait for those moments when the podcaster leans in because you've said something that they're like, wow, that's important. Right. Mm-hmm. You chalk that up and go, okay, cause that's a key talking point is in the future for me to use. Yeah. Um, I'll share mine first, Stevie, but I'm, I'm curious, uh, what's the biggest bomb you've ever done on stage? Like, where did you ever screw up? And I, I've already got mine locked and loaded to give you a second to figure, think about okay, it. Go but, for it. Um, I was with Sandler training, um, and I was training, had 50 CEOs in a room, a multimillion dollar company. And this was my first time to ever do a workshop. And it was supposed to be two hours. So my current, my boss, who later became my business partner, was in the room as my backup plan. He didn't know it, um, but he was my backup plan. I got somewhere between 30 and 45 minutes and got so far up in my own head 
that I said, yep, and Scott's going to finish the rest of this and just walked out. <laughs> Literally just, I don't know if it was the intimidation of all the CEOs. I don't know if it was, I wasn't getting the right vibe and feedback. But I literally just handed the freaking clicker over to Scott, walked out of the room, and didn't come back until the end. And all I could hear him saying is go, uh, I guess I'm taking it over from here now. <laughs> As I walked out the room, I completely lost my shit. Uh, and wow. I love sharing that story because, you know, oftentimes when you're the person on stage, people see you in a different light because there's a lot of people that don't believe that they could get up there on that stage. And I really want people to know that we're all fucking human. And we all have emotional feelings and we really screw things up. Do you have any big bombs like that? Well, not like that. That's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. That That's pretty. That, yeah. I haven't okay. got it since, but, but it was good. <laughs> um, I honestly, this is terrible, but I, okay. So I have like times where I've bombed personally. And they I didn't know. Like, to knock on wood and say are few and far between. I can think of one and it was it was actually pretty recent. So that's really <laughs> bad. Um, but I can't think of one. I would say more, I've done like, I've had some weird speaking engagements. That's what I think I have had more, which is a bomb for them, not for me. I take that as not my fault. But, um, but this one that I did bomb in, I would say, so I went in, right, with a plan of content, slides, I had practiced, I had rehearsed, like I have a whole system down, right? Like I'm not new to this game. And I get in there and just in, just something in the first couple minutes just threw me off. I don't remember what it was. I think it was that like I told a story that usually people laugh and nobody laughed. Mm -hmm. And so that made me feel like a little like, right? So I go through my content, right? Do my presentation, do all my shtick, song and dance, song and dance, song and dance. And I get to the final slide, which says thank you on it. So it's obviously the final slide. It was an hour and a half presentation, and I was only 40 minutes in. (laughs) So I literally have this slide up there and then go, okay, for the rest of the session, like I'm going to have to figure something out. Like I have no clue what's happening right now. And it was because they were so quiet and all of that, that I just barreled through it. And so then I was like, okay, so for the last half, uh, of this training, we're going to do some group activities. And I had to make so much Dumb, shit up. up, up and it fire. was so bad. Like <laughs> it, I have never, you know, I talk a lot to my speakers about a rebook rate, right? How often do you get asked back by the same group? And I have a rebook rate that usually is around 80%, right? And I'm pretty happy with that. Um, this place has never asked me back <laughs> and I do not blame them. I mean, I ran for the Hills as soon as that like 90 minutes was up. Like I was like, okay, great. Thank you all so much. And I like packed up my shit and ran because I was so embarrassed by just the fact that I got, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't realize time, but that's like the most recent one. I've I've got one. Kevin loves this one too. I've got another one that I forgot about. So I was down in San Antonio doing a keynote for a recycling conference And uh, I had this whole acronym worked out in my head so I could get through the entire presentation. And the acronym was the word relax. Well, I'm up on stage going through it. Now, mind you, I had 102 temperature at this point. 
right? And I shouldn't have been on stage in the first place, but I was going to honor my commitments, right? And so I go through the acronym and I spell R-E and then I go X. I just miss the L and A altogether. (laughs) (laughs) And I spell Rex. And nobody in the audience stopped me, right? Nobody said nobody called you on it, right? Right, right. Yeah. And then I get forward a little bit, and I realize, oh shit! And I so I call myself out on stage, and I'm like, nobody said anything. Why didn't you say anything? And everybody was like, we were so into it, we were just taking notes. So I had to go backwards. So for the longest time, people called me Rex um, as a nickname because I forgot my own freaking acronym. There are some, here's the thing about acronyms, man. You better practice them. There have so there have been so many times that I'm in the middle of an acronym and cannot remember what the next yeah. thing is. Like, I'm like, what does that yeah. R stand for again? Yeah, they're, they're, they're supposed to make it easier to remember, but they don't. I, they don't. They don't. I swear it's worse. When I have an acronym, like, I feel like I need to be the child who, like, writes it on my hand so that as I'm speaking, I could look at it because I will be the person who forgets what one of the letters stands for, for sure. every time. You've got this oppressive ability to take somebody on a complete journey when you're on stage. Like your Lucy speech was fucking amazing. And how you started with Lucy, you ended with Lucy, right? The whole shark thing. Um, How do you prep for your speeches? Because I know it's fucking intense. Uh, How do you prep for your speeches so you can pull that? Because I I can't do it. I'm not that type of speaker, nor will I ever be. Well, and I wasn't that type of speaker for years. I, I will say I really just flew by the seat of my payouts, no real plan, um, and and had a very successful business doing that. Once I started the routine I do now, um, my business increased by about 45%. So it, it makes a difference, but it was not easy to get into. And I always told people I would never be this kind of speaker, but <laughs> it really does make a difference. Um, so yeah, I mean, my prep process, so number one, I write my speeches. Um, And I'm not a writer. I'm not an author. That is not my thing. Um, I mean, I have books, but it's not like a passion. Uh, So I will write my speeches um, word for word from start to finish. And I have a whole framework that I use to build all the pieces. And now in my life, I can cut and paste. So it makes it really easy. But I write my speeches from start to finish. Hope she's in the lobby again. I don't know. (laughs) It went away. But I know every word of my speech, which is what I was trying to say. So (laughs) since I know every word, we can pick right back up where we were. So I practice by actually performing my speech out loud without the slides so that I know every single word of the speech. So that slides go down. If technology fails you, you can keep going because that's really, really important as a speaker. And the big thing I think that I do that other people don't think about is that story moment of beginning and end, right? So every single presentation I have has an opening that matches the closing. It all connects. And that's so important because when people leave you, they usually, a lot of people are going to take notes. They're going to say, you're wonderful. That's all great. But they're usually going to remember one thing. So if I can tell them a story that they remember, then I've won. If that story has something to do with what I taught, then I win the game. So taking the time to plan your beginning and your end, right? So even for speakers who may not want to write it all out, may not want to prep it the way I do. I mean, I will practice three to four hours for a 45-minute speech, right? So a lot of people don't want to put in that work. And that's okay. If you practice your opening and your closing, you will be 25% better overnight. 
How did you train yourself to have that discipline to practice? Because I mean, I just ran that through my head and I'm like, dude, no way in hell. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. uh, well, so I would say this, right. For me speaking as my number one revenue generator, mm. it makes me my money. It's worth me putting in the effort so I can charge more and make more money. Right. Mm. Like if it was your, mo- if it was your money driver, you would put in the extra time, right. For a lot of for business sure. owners, since speaking isn't their money driver, it's extra or it's just a way of marketing. They're not going to put in that time. And I don't, and I get that. Like I 100% get that for me because it's how I make my living. It's worth me putting in the effort. And I see the difference in the amount of money I make and the amount of money I can charge. So it does make a difference if you, if you can do it. Even for, for me, even if I have been giving a presentation, I've done it multiple times. I will still practice it before I get on stage. Oh, I, I might not I've do never. it three or four times, but I will do it a couple times. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just for me to get familiar, uh, re refamiliarize myself with the flow of it. Yep. And yep. I, and right. say, oh no, I don't want to say it that way, and I'll catch myself little things so that I was like, oh, got to make sure I remember this, and I have all these little reminders that pop in my head. So yeah, like. Uh, I was on the tour for digital marketing summit this last year. I did a few locations, you know, the first time I gave the presentation out in Fort Lauderdale, I I went through it probably three or four times in my hotel room, walking around, doing all the stuff, just like I do it on stage. See, if I do that, I forget everything. But, you know, then at the next ones. This is why I'll never be an actor either. Yeah, I I, I still did it like once the night before just to walk through it. And it's like, all right, I'm good to go. I'm happy. So I will tell you when I have practiced, I sound amazing by myself when I've practiced. But then I don't say anything (laughs) that I practice on stage. (laughs) Well, maybe that's better, right? Maybe you get out all your crappy stuff uh, by yourself. And then it's better when you're on stage. But Kevin, you know, you bring up a really interesting point which is this idea of, you know, there are some presentations I do now that I've been doing for eight years. And I mean, honestly, like the colors change, but the slides are all the same. The presentation is the exact same as I've been doing it for eight years. And it is very easy, I think, for speakers to be like, oh, I've done this so many times, I don't need to go over it, right? But the thing I think that that can get us into, which isn't good, is every audience is different and every audience is hearing it for the first time. Yep, for sure. You owe it to them to make it the best you've ever done. Like that you I agree owe with. Them to go hard He's- every single time, even though for you it's the 80th time, right? And so for me, what I challenge myself to do is change my wording in my examples to be more relevant to the audience I'm in front of, right? So, like Badass Business Summit, I get to be in a room full of entrepreneurs. So I can use examples that are more entrepreneur focused, even if I've done the exact same presentation for marketing team the week before, right? It's not going to sound the same because when I'm with the marketing team, I'm going to talk about clients and customers and graphics and project management because that's what the marketing team is focused on. But when I talk to entrepreneurs, all of a sudden I'm talking about their team, outsourcing, virtual assistants. Very different examples and language. Even if the story is the same, the little examples get changed. And I think that's really important, too, to make it fresh for you and for them. 
And so that's another reason to go over it, even if you've done it 10,000 times. And I'm just a firm believer, and I agree with that, a firm believer that you leave it all in the field. Yep. Like, um, I, I watched uh, an interview, I think it uh, was Bruce Springsteen, and he said, every performance I perform like it's my last. And I think Absolutely. that's how you should hit the stage because um, if they can't feel the words coming out of your mouth, mm -hmm. odds are you're talking at them and not with them. And it's a, it's a huge, huge shift in um, how I show up because, you know, I've trained. There's one presentation I've trained thousands of fucking times over and over again. And I know there was several times that I got to the point of, all right, this is what you say here. This is what you say here. This is yeah. what you say here. And all of a sudden my sales numbers really started slipping and it was all because I wasn't giving them my best. Once I flipped that script, it, you know, it came full circle. Absolutely. And I do, I always think about before every, before every performance, even this, right? How many times have the three of us been on some kind of call, interview, show, live, happy hour thing together? Right. We have done this a gazillion times, right? It would be real easy to come here going, I know exactly what they're going to ask me. I am just, you know, I already know what it's going to be. I don't need to do my hair and makeup. I don't, you know, like. Oh, you did your hair and makeup today? Yeah. Oh, I couldn't tell. I mean, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so anyway, but it would be really easy to do that, right? To just slip into comfort because it's y'all and we're friends and we hang and it's really easy. But that's not fair to the listeners who might be hearing mm -hmm. us three together for the first time, which is why we're still going to make all the same jokes and we're still going to laugh because for this listener, it might be the first time they're hearing that joke. And that makes a difference to them. And right? I, so you have to show up that way for every audience you're in front of because they deserve to hear it like it's your first or like it's your last. And, and honestly, even if we've said the same Donnie joke 10 times, it's still funny for us. And we still laugh <laughs> at it. I mean, really, it never gets old, right? Yeah. So at this point... <laughs> I love the abuse. I love the abuse. All right. Last question for you, yeah. Dr. Stevie, is how the hell do people get on stages? I mean, I know it's a big freaking question. Big question. Let me, try and, let me try and dwindle it down. Okay. So if you want to get on stages, you really have two options. You either want to get paid to speak or you want to speak and then be paid. Those are two different ways of doing it. If you want to get paid to speak, the number one place you can speak is with associations. They have tons of money and they're always looking for speakers. So there are all, all kinds of websites and databases. Go find them, go email them, tell them you're a speaker, offer to do it for free the first time and then charge them the second time. You will make bank. That's how I make my money every single year, right, is on association work. So that's where it's at. If you want to speak and then get paid, that means you want to speak to maybe a group of entrepreneurs or a group of a certain type of industry professional because you want them to buy your service after you leave the stage. The easiest thing to do there is to find where those kinds of customers hang out. And if your customer base is broad, then start the easy way. Start with chambers, start with networking and leads groups, start with places that have speakers on a regular basis, make sure your content is valuable, and then that will get you the entrance to sell them something after you get off the stage. But those are the places to start there. So you can do a lot of corporations. If you have something good to sell them, you can do some corporate training, you can do some things like that. But if you're truly just wanting to keynote, you tell me, Stevie Don, I just want to be in front of groups of 5,000 at big ass conferences. Go get yourself networking with meeting planners. 
because those are who put those on and those are who suggest certain speakers. So if you are looking to do the big conferences, you just want to keynote a couple times a year, go make friends with meeting planners. There's an association called Meeting Planners International. Buy yourself a membership. It will not do you wrong. Love it. Love it. How's everybody get in touch with you, Miss Stevie? Yeah, so you can follow me on all the social medias at Dr. Stevie Don. You can also go to my website, drstevedon.com. Best way to find me. Always a blast hanging out with you, hon. You always bring the energy and the fire. So thanks for always being here. Uh, same to you guys. Love you. Love you too. Fucking Stevie Don, man. I, dude, I love this, uh, this gal. She just is a delight to, to talk yeah. to. And we crack up every fucking time we talk to her, man. I mean, she, she's the biggest she smart ass as I am. She is so fun to have on. I love having her on when we do lives and all, you know, the different things with her. She is, she always brings her a game. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm excited for, for people at the Badass Business Summit this year to see her do workshop style. Cause she's always spoken at the conference. We're going to try and get her to teach a workshop because she's fucking amazing as a keynote, but even more amazing when you watch her actually work a room from a workshop perspective uh it's pretty damn impressive and i'm still pissed off over her ability to fucking recall <laughs> information from all the other speakers uh she says it's a skill set and i think it's fucking like harry potter magic <laughs> <laughs> it's know. a skill you can learn it yeah if i had enough patience to to and desire to learn it um uh, I'll leave that for 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 people like Stevie, and I'll just keep making fun of her for it. <laughs> oh, um, but you know, for for me, what I, I think one of my favorite things of about this episode as a whole is the idea of breaking down the speech into almost those micro type steps, so it makes it more digestible for people in there. Um, and where we talk specifically about the volume of speeches and the number of speeches it takes to to really get good at this. And, you know, I think you and I have both been in front of enough rooms that we've kind of got a rhythm to the way we speak. And that's what's helped us tremendously. And I still go, dude, I love it every time you fucking go on stage. <laughs> I can't tell you five or six people are going to come up to me afterwards and go, I wasn't expecting Kevin could do that. <laughs> and you just transform into somebody else every time you're on stage. It's the funniest thing. Uh, it's starting to become much more fun for me to to be on stage and to be in front of those large crowds. And it's it's almost um, becoming a, a performance for me. So, and, and I and I think that's key, especially for all the introverts that are listening. You know, that's how you have to look at speaking: is that you're performing. You know, it is that's the reason you see all these introverts that are actors and musicians being able to go on stages in front of millions of people is because they're understanding it's a performance. They're putting on that persona to be able to go do that thing. And, it, you know, it's it, be, it eventually becomes fun. You know, yeah. I'm I can always tell if I'm going to have a really good presentation or not based on how nervous I am prior to going up on stage. If I'm not nervous at all, it's gonna be flat as hell and it's probably gonna suck and i'm not gonna be happy with it if i am uh, nervous and i have some butterflies before i walk up on stage usually it's going to be really good because i'm actually gonna be higher energy on stage and, and so i've started to actually be able to figure out how 
my mental state prior to going up on stage, which has been kind of cool for me. Oh, the, the, and you do put on a show. I, I will say that. Um, I, the, one of the things that I'm going to continue to work on for me is trying to have, I don't want to say canned, but have a more organized presentation. You know, my style of speaking is I don't even take a script. I go up most times and just tell my story and the shit that I've been through. Uh, not from like tragic shit in my life, but things that have happened recently, the lessons I've learned and trying and, and digest those for people to wrap their head around and apply them to their businesses. And that's just how I've always done it. And so it's real thought, real world happening right now. So, um, uh, I would like to get to a point and get a little bit more organized in thought versus just shooting from the hip. Like I always do. Yeah. But- the, the, the part of, uh, our, our, our interview with Stevie today that I really loved was that whole concept of, having the story at the beginning and the story at the end. end. Yeah. The the bookmarks. And I, um, I I thought that was really key. I've always written the the content first and then did the ending and the beginning afterwards. So, uh, but I've never really looked at, all right, so how do I link those two parts together? So that was, that was something for me that I'm like, yep. All right. I got to figure that out. How do I, how do I do the opening and closing? So they tie everything together in this really nice, neat little bow at the end. Yeah. She's awesome. So guys, if if you aren't following Stevie, you're not uh, into her content, check her out, dude, go follow uh, Dr. Stevie Don Carter, wherever she is on socials and uh, reach out to her. She teaches this stuff on a regular basis. She'll be on 120 to 150 stages this year and you know, paid, which is insane. Uh, so, so she's absolutely crushing it from that perspective. So guys, if you uh, really enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review wherever you are listening to podcast uh, and do us a favor. Uh, take a screenshot of this, post this out on social media and tag Kevin and I uh, in social media on that. That's a huge one. We heard it on another podcast and thought it'd be a cool way to put it out there. So, um, and as always, love you, mean it. See you, bye. When I created Success Champions, it was on the idea that most people make themselves an island as they're growing their business. Yeah, they just don't want people to know how bad things are because if anybody knew how bad things are, nobody would do business with you. So, like me, they don't often reach out for advice, they don't get support, they just try and put their head down and grind through it. And let's be honest, man, that that lifestyle sucks. And when you're constantly trying to find yourself to push through it and figure it out on your own, it often leads to misery. We created Success Champions so you don't make yourself an island, so you don't build your business alone. There are a ton of people that are going through it on the same journey that are looking for the same advice you are. Maybe they've been through it and are looking to help. So come hang out with Success Champions. Go to successchampionnetworking.com. Go visit one of our peer groups. And let's help you actually get to business freedom. Don't build your business alone. Come hang with us as Success Champions.